Hi everyone, welcome to the Laura Horn Art Podcast. It's wonderful to be back for the first podcast of 2021. Thank you so much for joining us. This week we are chatting about coming back from our summer break and the challenge of getting back into it. And speaking of challenges, we've been cooking up a little challenge which we chat about in this episode. It's called the Creative Elements Challenge. And we will be filming it and sharing more about it in the coming weeks, but you can hear what we've got planned. Also in this episode, I share a few of the beliefs that I'm working on this year. And these are around things like making bad art, making art in short spaces of time, and not needing to please everyone. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. And before we get into it, I have a wonderful review to share. And I absolutely love this one. So this review comes from Amy Stewart Art via Apple Podcasts USA, a multi-layered mixed media podcast. Through her podcast and her classes, Laura has inspired me to venture into mixed media art. And I would say that mixed media also describes the podcast itself. Laura and Richie bring different perspectives, different insights, and yes, their different lovely accents to the show. The wide variety of topics from business strategies to creative pursuits to art supplies, plus the wonderful interviews with special guests also bring depth and layers and textures to every episode. The show is very much like a mixed media painting with colour, contrast, pattern and flow. Thank you so much, Laura and Richie, for your honest generosity and above all, your creativity each week with appreciation from Portland, Oregon. Amy Stewart. Wasn't that just the most amazing review? I absolutely love that, Amy. Thank you for taking the time to share that with us. That's the best description of the podcast, isn't it? Mixed media in every sense of the word. And I feel like this episode is very much a uh, mixed media experience too with all sorts of bits and bobs. We're chatting about routines, rhythms, my approach to Instagram, getting back into art after a break, limiting beliefs, creative fodder, yeah. bits and bobs. Mixed there's a media lot, life. There's a lot in this one. <laughs> so, Amy, I hope you enjoy it and I hope everyone else does too. Let's get straight into the conversation. Hello, Laura. How are you going? I'm very good. Feels kind of strange to be sitting in these podcasting chairs again. I know. It's awesome. Is it too late in the year to say Happy New Year? Uh, it's still January. Yeah. Okay, then. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> and we're only just kicking into gear after yeah. a big, long break. So, yes, I want to say you know, Happy New Year to everyone and welcome back to the podcast and also a big welcome to any new listeners that we have. Yes, uh, we're excited to get into a new season. We've had quite a nice little break over the Christmas and New Year period. How are you feeling to be back? Yeah, I feel really good to be back. It's almost like one of those things where be careful what you wish for because we always wanted to have the same break as the kids when they were on school holidays. And I just thought it was a little bit too long. Yeah, you've been itching and trying to nudge me back to work, whereas I think I've just been in happy la la land, la, la land at home in our <laughs> new house, doing all sorts of things that are creative but not necessarily art biz related. So a whole lot of decorating, going to thrift shops and charity shops, 
and also <laughs> sending you all over the state collecting things from Facebook Marketplace for the house, so antiques and vintage furniture and I think maybe Sophia and I have pushed you <laughs> pushed you to your limits. <laughs> well, it's been pretty good. Like I yeah. Like I, I started a personal project of interviews. So I did my first one in that series, which is pretty good. So I've been flexing my creative muscle as well, but nowhere near as much as when we're full steam ahead making a course or, you know, working. Yeah, I've definitely started to feel the urge to get back to some more solid work. And I actually start feeling guilty when I'm not working. It's something I have to work on. Um, I've got better at it, but I still start to feel like there's something not quite right. And <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's weird because we've worked so hard to get our creative business to a point where we can structure it around the kids' school holidays. And for anyone that's been listening to this podcast for a long time, they'll probably remember us talking about it a couple of years ago, that that's what we wanted. That was one of our big lifestyle dreams. And we actually have finally got there. Like we had the big summer break with the kids at home. And so it's important for us to reflect on that and actually go, yeah, this is, this is what we wanted. This is it. Like we have achieved something that we've worked at rather than letting those feelings of guilt kind of get in the way of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like when you sit back and reflect on it, like it's pretty simple. Like the relationship with the kids has been great. Hanging out with them has been amazing. You and I hanging out, going for breakfast and lunch. And it's been an amazing break. Like I'm not complaining about it at all. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm ready to get back to work. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm almost ready. <laughs> almost ready. When you say almost ready. So today we were to come into the studio to record this podcast. And I said to Laura last night, do you want to come for a walk with me in the morning? And she's like, no, I need to get up, have my shower, and I need to get down to the studio as soon as I can so we can get this podcast on. And we ended up, I went for the walk, Laura had her shower, we then went for breakfast, which turned into a business meeting. I got a haircut. <laughs> And then I went over and bought Asher some shoes at the shoe shop. Yeah. And then I went into the Salvos, which is a charity store, and picked up a few little mm -hmm. knickknacks. And what time is it? We're finally it's just here. Just after at... lunchtime. It's half past twelve. <laughs> so I guess you could say we're easing. Easing back into it. Easing back into it. But you did a big day yesterday. I did. I did a big solid day down here in the studio. So um, we have an off-site studio that is about 30 minutes away from our house. It used to be 15 minutes, but now that we've moved house, it's a bit more of a drive, which I'm getting my head around. And I was feeling a little bit out of sorts about that, except I realised when I came down yesterday, it's almost the perfect amount of time to listen to a podcast. And I haven't been listening to podcasts because everything's been so close to home. I, I just haven't really got that space to listen to podcasts and I usually listen to music when I'm painting sometimes podcasts uh, but I'm way behind on all sorts of podcasts and I'm also looking for new ones to listen to and I listened to a podcast 
not art related. I often don't listen to art podcasts. I listen to other things. And it was called Postcards from Midlife. And it's funny because I just turned 40. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But (laughs) (laughs) I decided to listen to this podcast, which um, is about some of the challenges that you face as you head into that middle part of your life. So whether that is, you know, winding down from work, teenage children, um, it covers things like grief, you know, losing people as you get older, um, changes in libido, menopause, all sorts of things. And I was listening to that. I really enjoyed it actually. And that reminded me that I haven't had that kind of inspiration coming in, like new people and conversations. So I'm very excited to start listening to more podcasts. I'm always open to ideas around that. So if anyone wants to suggest something, yeah, send me a message because I I want to queue up the uh, podcast for the drive into the studio. And um, I'll link that one that I've been listening to um, below. And another one I like is um, How to Fail with Elizabeth Day, which we have mentioned before on I really like British podcasts. There's something about the Accent. the accents mm. and um, the postcards from midlife is a very chatty style podcast, which I really enjoy. It's probably sort of my favorite style of podcast where you really feel like you have friends, you know, people that are, they're on your wavelength chatting about day-to-day things that crop up. So anyway, that was just a little side note. I got totally off track with where I was heading. <laughs> but you were talking about I came down for a, a big day here in the studio yesterday. One of the things that I'm, I want to say grappling with, but it's a, it's a wonderful challenge to have is how do we set up our work routines this year with the changes that we've had with moving house, the studio being further away. I've set up a studio space at home And I'm now not sure what I want to do where and where to put supplies. And it's, I feel like I don't want to say it on a podcast because I'm very fortunate. I have two studio spaces. Uh, It's more than I ever imagined um, eight years ago when I started painting. So, you know, it's not really a problem. It's, but I think people understand if you make art for a living, the challenges of, where, where do you put things and how do you know when you're going to want something and the urges that you get? This is the problem I have is that I'll be at home and I'll just get an urge, like I want to work in that sketchbook and then I'm like, sketchbook's at the studio, it's half an hour away or I want particular paints or supplies. So that's something that I'm trying to figure out, like how to manage my time, my supplies, my energies and where I do what. And I have been getting back into some art at home in the home studio and I've been mostly focusing on sketchbook work there and small paper pieces. And when I started painting again, it had been a while because I haven't been super active in my practice while we've been selling a house, moving a house, Christmas, New Year, Uh, Probably many people are in a similar boat with their creativity at the moment that it's sort of, you know, hasn't been the highest of priorities. When you were talking about the fact that you hadn't been listening to podcasts because you haven't been getting out, I was going to say that we see that also reflected in a number of listeners. That's why we've decided to take breaks because the numbers just drop off. 
they do drop off because yeah. people aren't commuting to work That's and right. things like that. But now as we're starting to get back into it, sometimes it can be a bit hard to get back into things, um, whether that be the work side, like the business admin stuff or the actual art making itself. And when I started painting again, I was full of ideas and possibilities. And whenever I get like that, and I'm not actually making art, I'm not getting enough of the ideas out. So what I end up with is like kind of a surplus of ideas, like too many ideas to deal with at once. And that becomes overwhelming for me. And I just want everything and then the perfection as well. And this happened to me at the beginning of the new year, because sometimes you just go new year, everything's going to be awesome this year. And it doesn't actually pan out that way. Because <laughs> you tend to often have very lofty ideas, don't you? You go into it going, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to be big and more complicated than it needs to be. And what I found was that it helped to get back to something simple. So even though I had all these new ideas what helped the most for me was actually to re-enter my creative practice by going back to some things that I'd already done. So I was looking through my Instagram feed and I decided to revisit a style of painting that I had done many times, but just to like get back into the flow. So rather than starting, you know, on something brand new, I did something that would be gentle and an easy way in. And that's something I come back to again and again, referring back to my old work. And it's a theme that I want to explore more this year. I have picked a word for the year, which is deeper. And the reason for that is because I'm trying to overcome this desire to chase new things all the time. The, the what do you call it? The kind of like shiny object syndrome, shiny new thing. Mm -hmm. And this crops up a lot for many of us, you know, the desire to have more supplies, to try out different art styles, to keep on developing and evolving to a certain extent. But you're doing everything at a very surface level rather than going deeper into one particular thing. You've just reminded me, it just hit me like a sledgehammer. I'm planning on taking my motorbike down the the coast of South Australia. I want to go to the furthest southern point in South Australia. And it's on these beautiful roads through the Korong. It's gorgeous. And I have the motorbike. I have the luggage. I have everything I need. And then you come in the other day and you saw me watching these adventure dual sport motorbikes going across sand dunes. And you're like, what are you watching that for? I went, oh, I'm just thinking, you know, just in case I want to go off road. And, and you're going, you haven't even gone on your first trip. And you're already thinking of something grander and bigger and more special. Just go on your trip, Richie. <laughs> but it's funny because the same thing happened with me and going for walks in the national park near where we live. So we're chatting about it and I'm like, oh, we should do these hikes. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say to you? <laughs> I might have been a bit blunt with you. <laughs> what did you say? You went. I said, can I say it on this? Yeah. I, I said, what are you talking about? This is only your second bloody walk. <laughs> so I'd barely done, you know, a couple of a meandering walks, yes. strolls through the park and I was ready for us to become full hikers. on hikers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the same kind of thing can happen with your art. And then when you make that decision, you straight away start looking for the gear. You know, you start looking at, okay, I need the shoes, I need the pants, I need the... And you haven't even done the walking, like the the basics. And it's so important to remind yourself to get back to the basics and the simple things before you get carried away with the big, the big lofty ideas. They're fine, but it takes a lot of steps to get to them and you need to do the steps rather than just jump into the big thing. Because I definitely do set goals. I can Mm -hmm. have these big things out there that I want to achieve but once I have the big ticket items identified and I do this as part of the planning process for the year I've talked about how we plan on the podcast or we've talked about how we plan many times including a recent episode that was devoted to how I use the online tool Trello in this whole planning process but at its simplest level like I like to identify four or five things that we will be working on in the year but once I've got those clear then it's all about the small things the small little steps the routines the habits like I get the big thing kind of like out of the way yes and then focus on small steps and and little bits of progress little by little towards those bigger things I set the big goal And then I break it down and I go, okay, what's the very first part of that thing? And then I kind of disregard everything else and just work on that first part. But I find it useful to be very clear about what it is I'm working on. So that kind of setting it, okay, okay, this is the thing that we need to do for the next week or two. And we've been doing that at the moment with what are we focusing on for the year in our art business and many people know that last year we spent a big chunk of the year creating the six-week e-course modern mixed media and I can't believe it but it's almost time to run that course again and we'll be opening registration up for that in February Uh, so that made me realize when I went into the uh, studio the other day to do the planning I was like February (laughs) that soon Uh, so I said to you, that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on running modern mixed media again and getting something ready to show people a little bit about what's in the course and my teaching style, like a little bit of a teaser, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, So we had a chat about that today, actually. We had a very impromptu art biz meeting when we got delayed on getting here because Mm -hmm. we decided to go to go for breakfast. (laughs) It was a really, really productive meeting. It was. I was very surprised. It's funny at the end of it, I said, oh my gosh, you actually listened during that. (laughs) I got so offended. (laughs) What are you talking about? I always listen. And contributed. Whoa. (laughs) I think it's she patronizing me. (laughs) That sounds really bad, doesn't it? But Ah. sometimes I feel like I'm just rambling, rambling to myself. (laughs) You do a lot of the nodding of the head. We had a a very good chat about running something new and this in many ways is going to kickstart our year and get us back into making creative things. So it's good for us but it will hopefully be good for everyone else too. And what we have decided to do is put together a challenge and it's going to be a five-day challenge so it's a quick one 
and it's called the Creative Elements Challenge. This came about because I was thinking what would be very helpful for people in creating their art in a way that is freeing, like gets the ideas flowing, allows them to bring in their own personality. Like how could we encourage that kind of creativity? And I thought about my own practice and what helps me. And as I mentioned earlier, I was a bit stuck at the beginning of the year and I found that going back to my old work and having things to draw on was powerful. So looking at colour palettes I'd used in the past, um, drawings that I've done of botanical shapes, uh, different compositions that I've used, mark-making examples. And what I realised I was looking at was creative elements, fragments, bits and pieces. I often use the word bits and bobs. Could have been a bits and bobs challenge. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea for this challenge is not to create finished paintings, but to generate a lot of creative information that you can draw on. So it's about building up your vocabulary, your language, the way that you express yourself. So we will be creating five short videos and each one is focused on a different area. So I think we've come up with colour, mark making, uh, imagery, backgrounds and composition. So five areas where it's useful to have some ideas up your sleeve. And that's what this is about. So creating material for you to draw on. So some color palettes that you can grab, mark making examples, imagery, and then you can mix and match. So you can pull in different ideas and come up with unique paintings. So it's all about bringing in variety and subtle changes because I know that many people come through my classes and they love the classes, but at the end of it, they're looking at how can I bring more of my personality and style into the paintings? And the way that you do that is by creating all of this information and material to draw on so that you have a catalogue of marks and colours and compositional ideas. So that's what the challenge is about, building up your reference material. And you said something today that was great when we were brainstorming about this and you said it's not about finishing paintings, it's about getting started. Mm. So that's what we want with this creative challenge is to help you get started, to get stuck in and to build up all that material around you because if you go into my studio, I always have things by my side. You know, I think of them as like helpers, paintings, colour swatches, magazine images, books, collage, um, even the things that I collect to decorate the space that I work in, you know, the vases and the clothes I wear and all that sort of stuff. It all helps me when I'm looking at a blank page. And that is something that I have worked on over the years is like filling that cup, like making sure that there is a lot of stuff around me so that whenever I feel blank, I don't have to look far to find something to spark my art. And I've realized as well that there's a couple of things that come up from my students. One is that they want to find unique ways of making their mark and different ways of drawing things like botanicals and using symbols and patterns and things like that. 
and they also want to easily be able to get stuck in, get started, like get over the fear of the blank page. So that's what I'm hoping for with this challenge is that it will help with both of those things. Anyway, it's at the moment, it's just an idea. This is all talk. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't actually uh, filmed the videos yet, but we are making it our priority. We talked about goals and priorities to put out this free challenge. So it will be totally free. And at this stage, I would like to let people know that the best way to get the information about this challenge is to make sure that they are on my newsletter list. So that is at laurahornart.com forward slash newsletter. And as we pull this together, I'll be sharing more details on how to get involved and watch the videos and share what you're up to with the challenge as we release the material. So I think that's all I need to say about that. That's the Creative Elements Challenge coming soon. (laughs) Do a cinema near you. Yeah. So now that we've said it on the podcast, we better get cracking. There's been a few times when we've said things on the podcast that haven't quite got them off the ground. So this time, Richie, this time we're going to get straight into it. It's to be released before Modern Mixed Media in February. So Yeah, we don't have much time. Nope. Nope. Straight on to it. One of the reasons why I wanted to put together this challenge is because I reckon it'll be very helpful for overcoming some of those negative beliefs that can get in the way of making art on a regular basis. And there's a few that I'm working on this year because at the beginning of the year, I like to spend some time not only thinking about the things that I want to do, but also looking at my mindset and doing a bit of a check-in to see if there are any gremlins that I need to deal with. And there always are. Like this kind of stuff takes ongoing work and reinforcement to deal with any limiting beliefs that you have that are getting in the way of your creative life. There's a few that crop up for me. One of them is that I seem to think that I need a lot of time to do anything pretty much. (laughs) You, You see this with me like... I am not a believer in I can just, you know, make art in 10 minutes or we could just go for a walk. I seem to allocate large chunks of time for things. And what I want to do is believe that 10 minutes is enough time to be creative, to get over this feeling that I need half a day or a whole afternoon in order to flex my creative muscles. So that's one belief that I'm working on. And I feel like I'm chipping away with it with my sketchbook practice. That has helped a lot, being able to easily get into work and not even having to finish a complete spread. One of the practices that I love at the moment is just painting a quick abstract background on a page in my sketchbook. So if you have been following my Instagram I have been sharing a few time lapses where you can see what I'm up to and one of them shows like a 10-minute sketchbook spread or background condensed into one minute because it's sped up for Instagram. And then what you can do is let it dry and do another background and just have a few backgrounds to work on, which you can see how that ties in with the ideas that we talked about for the creative elements challenge. You're not focusing on a finished piece. You're just creating some ingredients, creative ingredients. 
could be another way of putting it. Uh, so anyway, so that's one thing that I'm working on. 10 minutes is enough time to be creative. That's the belief that I want to grow and cultivate. The other one, well, there's a, there's a couple, a few, I should say. <laughs> uh, you don't have to please everyone. And, you know, not everyone will love what you do. And I need to remind myself of this every year because many of us are people pleasers. We want everyone to love everything and it's just not possible. Reminding yourself of that gives you the freedom then to go ahead and make those things that you love. That's the belief that I'm working on. You don't have to please everyone. Just follow your joy and your gut instincts. If you're putting your work out there on Instagram or in your online shop, sometimes you're going to get some negative feedback or criticism. So having this belief that you don't have to please everyone means that you can very quickly move on from that and focus in on the positive comments and feedback that you get. Yeah, and once you've answered that question for yourself, once you've made peace with that, then you'll find that when negativity comes your way, you don't try and convert those people. You just let them go. This is me doing me. Yes. If you don't like it, go away. Yeah. So if you answer that question early on, then you won't be having these conflicts as you continue through your journey. Yeah, that was something that I needed to learn quite early on when I first started putting my work out is that if you put out the work that you love, then you'll attract people in that enjoy those things and hopefully you'll kind of push people away that aren't into it. You know, well, you like, don't want them around. You don't want them around. And so that's that's what you need to get to grips with rather than wanting everybody to love everything. You just want those people that are your people to to love and connect with what you do. That's right. And that's why when you look at your Instagram and if you're worried about your amount of followers or the amount of likes you get, that should be the furthest thing you should be thinking about. That one person that really likes your work is so important. Well, it's funny you should mention Instagram because I was only thinking about this this morning and I was thinking about how important is it to me at this stage to grow my Instagram followers. And I realized it's actually not important to me at all. What's important to me is building community and connecting and engaging with the people that are there. And in some ways, I'd almost like some of those people that aren't interested, unfollow me because what I want is an engaged community. I also feel like there's a lot of value in a smaller community. And I worry sometimes about when the numbers get too big it doesn't feel as personal. I don't want people to look at my Instagram and see it as a brand or a corporate kind of thing. I, I want it to be to be friendly and warm and approachable. I want people to still feel like they can send me a message and I will get back to them and answer them, which I do on my email. Emails always <laughs> emails always get answered. So if you're listening and you have the automated response from Facebook or Instagram, yes, yeah. it tells you to send that question to email. Yes, that's just a, our way of managing all the different ways that things come in mm -hmm. because we do have Facebook messages, Instagram messages, Teachable, teachable and whatnot. Yes. So we're trying to get as much through the email. But on the email, I love writing back to people and you write back to people and, and 
as we get bigger, that becomes harder to do. So I don't really want that. So when I was setting my goals, I'm like, you know, it's not really about getting bigger. I'd like to increase the number of people who feel connected to me and feel the benefits of being connected to our community. That number, which is a lot smaller than what you see out there and the Instagram total, that's the number that I'm interested in is the people that are are feeling those benefits of having creative friends. Yeah. And there's from a personal point of view, well, personal slash business point of view, you're almost eliminating the chance of burnout because you're in total control. You're not doing it for any external reason. We know because we did an experiment a year and a half ago how to get Instagram followers and it's just a colossal amount of work. Yeah, and I really don't like pushing out an Instagram post when I'm forcing it because it's not coming from that authentic place. And what I'll find is that that kind of post will take me ages because I'm not really feeling it. But then the next day or two or three days later, I'll have something that just comes to mind that I want to share off the cuff, effortlessly write a post from the heart. So why would I force myself when I know that it'll come in time when the timing is right? And so that's the approach that I'm taking with my Instagram. It depends where you are at with your journey and what goals you have, but growing a huge following on Instagram is not one of my goals. That was something that became very clear to me. And I'm glad because I feel like I could waste a lot of energy chasing that kind of goal. Whereas I'd like to put my energy into, into other things. We mentioned earlier about uh, not chasing shiny new things. So underlying that is the belief that less is more. And this year I want to work on going deeper with the ideas that I've already had and using the supplies that I have, not necessarily needing to buy as much stuff. I started thinking about buying some gouache the other day because I don't have a lot of gouache. And I had to say, no, you know what? You don't need it. You've got watercolor, you've got oil paints, you've got acrylic. Yes, you enjoy mixed media, but do you need a whole nother type of paint? Probably not at this point. So I, I didn't buy it. You'll be no, proud of me. I went, no. nope, stop, stop. <laughs> you, you probably <laughs> bought something else though, <laughs> like a bedside table. Probably. I probably like channeled that urge <laughs> to shop into something else. Uh, but yeah, I, I was like, no, I don't need to learn that right now. Just keep with watercolor, acrylics, the things that you enjoy and know for the moment anyway, for this year. I'll laugh if I buy gouache next week. <laughs> <laughs> after saying that <laughs> no gouache for me nope <laughs> oh, we'll be taking a photograph for instagram and you'll be like get the gouache out of the photo <laughs> don't put it in there <laughs> i do have two tubes of gouache at home just in case anyone sees gouache because <laughs> what is she talking about <laughs> uh, anyway and what other beliefs am I working on? Bad art is better than no art. Oh yeah, fair enough. Always working on that one. 
dealing with that perfectionistic streak and realizing that the paint, every painting that you do matters and contributes to your learning. And what I find is that usually off the back of a rubbish painting, I paint a good one because I process what happened and I learn what not to do. And then I'd go ahead and I refine and in the next painting, I just tweak it a little bit and it works. So every bad painting is really just a source of information, which is again, what the whole challenge will be about is building up information. It doesn't stop you from being in a bad mood when you have a failure. Like that's normal, you know? So when I get in from wherever I've been and you've been painting upstairs and I see your face, like I, I know your failure face. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's failure face. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. Put a photo of that on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> and, oh God. And, and it's, the words out of your mouth will always be, what's for dinner? Or where are you going tonight? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, she's had a bad day in the studio. <laughs> yeah, it happens from time to does. time. But of course it does. I do feel like my ability to work through that is so much better than it was when I began. Oh, yeah, it doesn't last long. Yeah, like I have been able to catch myself and then shift and and realize that there's just something I need to learn there. Um, well, as a husband and a partner... I just know if I get food in your belly and get the kids out of your face and leave you for an hour or so, when we come back, you're kind of like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> or a foot massage works too. <laughs> well, well, clearly. Misery, misery face when you're having your foot massage. <laughs> food, free time and a foot massage. I mean, who's not going to be happy? Oh, God. <laughs> So on that note, now that I'm thinking about food, foot massages and <laughs> other things. What have I done? <laughs> I think we should wrap up uh, this week's episode. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed it. It's wonderful to be back. Don't forget to make sure that you are on my newsletter list to hear about the Creative Elements Challenge. So you can find that at laurahornart.com forward slash newsletter. And if you enjoyed the conversation, we always love it when you share an Instagram story. Uh, it'd be wonderful to see a few of them out, given that it's a brand new year. So you can take a screenshot, tag me in there. My Instagram handle is at laurahornart. That'd be wonderful. So thanks, everyone, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs>